welcome to the Strange Brew podcast. My name's Jason Barnard, and that was The Professionals and Spike Me Baby from their new album, Snafu. I've got the huge pleasure to welcome Paul Cook today from The Professionals and The Sex Pistols and much more. Welcome, Paul. All right, Jason. You've got a great new album out with The Professionals, Snafu, and what many people have heard already is the the advanced video and, and single for it, Spike Me Baby. Mm. That's got a bit of a true story behind it, doesn't it? It has a little bit, yeah. Um, well, that was um, interesting. Yeah, that was an interesting night when I was, um, my daughter who lives a couple of doors down from me, I was working in there all day, helping her out, put, like I do, putting up some shelves and stuff and doing this and that, what you do for the kids. And um Unbeknownst to me, I must have uh, been a bit peckish in the day, and I'm always raiding her fridge for like snacks. And I got back home that night, and I started to feel very, very strange. And I just was phoning Tom up, wondering, going, and my wife saying, "What the hell's going on here? Am I all right? Do I look right? I feel so strange. You can't believe it, etc." And I was lying down, feeling weird, and not knowing what it was. I, I hadn't realised at the time that um that I. Raved. I can't remember. I must have been snacking on her things, and it later transpired that I didn't know till a few days later. I mean, that night was a just total fuck up for me, and I was freaking out. Till later on, I started listening to some music, and I thought, well, actually, not too bad. I'm feeling, feeling okay. I just got into it, slept really well. Woke up the next day. A couple of days later, she's come in to me and said, "Daddy." The other day, because she didn't know what it was either, I was asking her if she, if she does make me some funny tea or something. And uh, a couple of days later, she was clearing the fridge out. She said, Daddy, you didn't, the other day when you was feeling weird, you didn't take any of these, did you? I said, why? Those are, somebody left these in my fridge and I didn't know, so she says, I didn't know what they were. You're always eating my chocolates. And it turns out, transpired that um, I'd inadvertently eaten some of her spicy flavoured uh, chocolate balls, shall we say. <laughs> and that out there. But the, the worst thing about it is that I didn't know at the time. If I'd have known, I'd have been totally fine. I was just totally freaking out that night. Told Tom about the story. He thought it was hilarious, obviously. And he, he ended up writing some lyrics for it. Obviously, Spike Me Baby, yeah. The title of the album, Snafu, I'm not sure about the mess. What what was the um, the background behind the title? Um, it was just, um, we were talking one day and um, you know what it stands for, right? The acronym, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like an old army term. A lot of people still don't know that, what it stands for, funny enough, when you ask them. And uh, Tom just said when we was recording the album, oh, what's, we're just talking generally about what was going on in the world, you know, the COVID, the Brexit, the right. strikes, and he's going, and now, and he goes, what's going on? I just said, well, it's Snafu, isn't it? He goes, what? What's that? Snafu. And he, he, Tom didn't know, and I explained to it because my dad used to say it all the time. And I explained to him what it stood for. He went, oh, fucking great, great title for the album. I said, yeah, all right, we forgot all about it. But uh, that was our working title, and it just stuck eventually. Yeah, it's just a... I guess it's a reflection of what's going on around us, really. It's quite it's quite perfect, really. Do any of the, the lyrics for the other tracks touch on that, or is it a, a bit more kind of in, insular in terms of the, the lyrical feel? Um, it's, it's very personal, the lyrics. Tom Tom writes a lot of the lyrics, yeah. mainly the majority of them, because he's very good at that. And um, it's all it's all quite personal, the album, each song. What, what, it does reflect what's going on with us personally, really. We don't try and be too abstract. 
about what we're writing about and not too obvious as well it's just getting that middle ground lyrically which is the tricky part where it's you're not being too blatant about what you're saying and leave people to kind of make their own mind up a little bit yeah yeah and there's all yeah all different songs on there like um punk rock and a hard place which is where which is where I'm stuck sometimes between punk rock and a hard place. Given my past, Tom wrote lyrics about that. There's one mashes, which is about me taking. They're all stories. What Tom writes about, I just mention them to him and he comes up with a song about it, which is great. Like mashes is all about me taking Steve's mum, Jones, Steve Jones's mum's ashes. He couldn't come for a funeral. I took her ashes back to LA for him and her name's Mary. And we just, uh, shortened it to mashes and stuff like that i just mentioned stuff and the next thing you know tom's written a song about it which is great and then we work together and work out the final feel to it i i add my bits and it's very much a 50 50 thing as far as the whole songwriting's going with me and tom so it might be that you spark off a, an idea and then uh, tom will go away and then and you're then back in there sort of helping to sort of craft it yeah, yeah, we bounce off each other really, music, musically and lyrically, and it works well. It works well, which has one of been one of the mainstays of the professionals really, uh, keeping the ball rolling. Is it? Well, that's the way we work, and we we do bounce off each other. And we're we're not very we're not precious about it, you know. If one says that's a load of crap, go all right. Well, I'll work on that. And Tom's always got so much to say. I have to edit it down a lot, you know. He's like full of full of energy, enthusiasm, which is great. And it works out, different personalities, comes out in the middle there, works out great. And across uh, the, the more recent professionals tracks, you, you've often worked with uh, people like Billy Duffy to sort of add, add some guitar on there. And that, that's the same in, with this album, isn't it? Yeah, Jason, um, we're in the same position with this album. We were back to a free piece again because right. Chris McCormack was with us as in the band who was in Three Colours Red before he joined the band. But over COVID, there was a lot of, you know, there was it was difficult to get this album together. I must be honest yeah. with all the stop starts, can't see each other, writing why, recording why. So it, it was a bit disjointed the way we done it all. And there was a problem with Chris and his kid being um, very vulnerable and it didn't work out with Chris. So we had a, a vacancy there again. And so I just, just got on the phone to Phil and Billy and a couple of other local mates, uh, Johnny Webber's, and a guy called um, Neil Iverson, Tom's mate. And we got all that, and Tom does a lot of guitar as well. And we just uh, got their input and they sent it back from LA like they did before. And we um, cut and pasted it all together the best we could. <laughs> and uh, hey, presto, we got um, a lot of guests on it again, which I don't mind really. It's good. I think it's nice having all different flavors on there. Unfortunately, we couldn't get Steve on there again, Steve Jones, for the same reasons. He was very. Yeah. vulnerable about covid because of his health and he couldn't go into the studio to record some guitaring for us at the time so unfortunately steve's not on it but we'll see we'll see what happens yeah it worked. that's the way that worked out with all the guitarists again very much the same as what in the world actually we was a, we was a guitarist down there it's the ever-evolving professionals lineup jason <laughs> When you hear a professional's record, it's always got an element of being exciting and a vibrancy there. And this album's still got that despite the way it was um, recorded. Yeah, well, that's good to hear. Yeah, we're getting some good feedback from it because we was very unsure about it. The actual album, the way it was going and the song wise, where we were going because of the situation it was recorded in. And eventually we just thought, 
oh, we're going, does, is it us? Does it sound like us? Is it the problem? We, we just thought, hey, in the end, let's, let's just go with what we're doing at the moment and go with the feel. And it's it's a, it's a little bit different, but like you say, as long as it's got that vibrancy and energy there and, and it's us, it's the professionals at the end of the day. So that's, that's great you say that, actually, yeah. before this and I think it might have been just before sort of COVID started hitting you you were releasing quite a bit of material in, in the form of EPs yeah. was it a case of um, the fact that you'd cleared the decks with those EPs and then that led you to this album and, and starting afresh yeah it, it was actually we done the EPs because um, we thought after the stiff little no we released um, God time I can't get my head around the time concept we released them um, mm. 
last year about this time one two three didn't we yeah after the stiff little fingers tour we said the thought of doing another album how long it might take us we thought let's let's just get some stuff out material three eps one at a time and just keep the ball rolling creatively and we've done that got another few good tracks out of that three good eps i think and we said okay we've got all this time now lockdown let's try and get an album together start writing that took a bit longer than we thought because of the reasons i've just touched on and we didn't want to put those eps on the album as well we thought let's just uh, leave them separate because that's, that's quite a nice thing to do when you've got something separate like that a lot of people just bung stuff what they've done for a few tracks they've released put it on the album yeah so we made an effort not to put those on the album and yeah we j- and we might do that again release of a couple of eps here and there you know just just for the hell of it previous album i think it was 2017 now what in the world for many was kind of like the benchmark of the professionals you know the, the best album that you'd made so that must have set a bit of a pressure and a high bar for you in relation to this album yeah it did a little bit because it, it took us by surprise really because originally when we got the profs back together it was just for a bit of fun we had the original lineup and we got tom in so let's set, let's do some gigs and see how it goes and it went well and then um, we thought, let's let's write some songs and see where that goes as well. And we ended up with What in the World, which um, got really well received and surprised us, actually, by the way, because we wasn't sure how it was, you know, what we were doing or how good it was and how, how it was going to be taken on board by everyone. And so, yeah, you're right. So we were a bit worried with this album, keeping the standard up, as it say, you know, but... Th- Eventually, we just thought, you know what, we've got to get over that and just do what, do where we're going at the moment. Just um, go with it and see where we go with it musically and creatively. I think it's turned out all right. We'll, we'll see. When you listen to What in the World, the EPs and this album, they all maintain that high benchmark. Going back to What in the World, uh, Going, Going, Gone is a particular highlight. That has a great backstory, doesn't it? Yeah, Going, Going, Gone. We... Um, that was another song that came together late as well. And we, we worked on it and kept working on it. And we thought it had something. We eventually got there and um, we wrote some lyrics about, it was about um, Jonesy really. Like back in the day, how we used to steal all our equipment. And it's a, a double-edged thing, a lot of our songs and people dying as well around that time. There was a lot of people dying and they were going, going, gone or gone. And the rest of the lyrics was just about, our childhood really Tom wrote a good set of lyrics which I helped him with later on about how we just got formed a band together originally and just how Steve May used to nick all the equipment and it was all gone in the back of the van while the roadies were asleep etc he's very good like that Tom he's he's uh, over creative he's a bit hyperactive over creative sometimes I have to rein him in and like <laughs> like edit edit his uh, yeah. his enthusiasm sometimes and it works out good comes out somewhere in the middle and I think you've been playing some a few live, live shows already this year haven't you yeah we have we've done a little row of we had this it's really weird we had that uh, I can't name the festival now we've done a festival you might have to check it out we had that booked from last year right. and we just thought oh that's not going to happen you know it's because of Covid and what's going on everything was about it was going to happen and they said yeah they're still coming oh, everyone was getting back out gigging we thought great and so we just put another couple of shows in before that just to do a little run just to get back get the ball rolling again, get back up to scratch playing, done four shows in all with a festival. And that was good as well. I was, like People are getting back out in the world now. 
and hopefully people are coming out to see shows again we will see when we go out soon yeah hopefully i think people are still being a bit cagey about going out again so still getting their heads around about yeah i think we're getting there though have you been out people going out gigging or anything you've been to anything it's starting i think you're absolutely right people are going can i can't i but I think that with all the, thankfully, due to the vaccinations, things are starting to feel a bit safer. So yeah. it feels like we're on the right track. Yeah, let's let's hope so. Yeah, we'll see. We're a bit worried about this tour, you know, saying, oh, are people going to get out there? You know, I mean, all our, our age group uh, who come and see us, I guess, yeah. will be double vaxxed up, hopefully, and feel safe about going out. I think you just got to get on with it. we just got to get on with it now and be, you know, be uh, sensible and just keep you know, just yeah do the right thing and just uh, try and get back to normal life. I think really it's great. We've got we've got the album coming out. You know, obviously we're promoting that now and we're going to do a tour to promote that. So yeah, we're getting back out there.
then going into more of the early days of the professionals, you're mixing some of that early professionals material in with the new material, you know, like Just Another Dream. How, how does, you know, a song like that now, after 40 years, how does that compare to the new professionals material? Well, we, we do play a lot of the old um, stat, well, so-called standards, if you like, with mm. the crowd pleasers, you know, silly thing we do, which weren't a professional song really. And just another dream, kick down the doors, one, two, three. People like hearing that stuff. I do like to move on musically, but yeah, people like to hear the early stuff. And so I guess when we go out now, we've got three albums worth of songs to choose from. So it, it'll be a mix and match of, of all of them, really. It's a good place to be in. But the original Queer, I do like playing them songs still. They're still good songs. And don't forget, I didn't. we didn't play them for 30, or I didn't play them for 30 years until we got the new uh, lineup of the uh, professionals back together. So, and we haven't toured that much. So yeah, I still enjoy playing them. They're good songs, yeah. Does it feel like there was a bit of unfinished business with the professionals, given how it was... I mean, you were, it felt like you had one hand behind your, your back in, in that era and misfortune and, and that you should have had a, a bit of a better run for the quality of material that you had. Yeah, it kind of felt like that because when we recorded the album, it was pretty fucked up recording production-wise, to be honest, because Steve Steve was a bit fucked up as well at the time. He had a well-documented do, well uh, drug problem. Yeah. And he wasn't around and the way it was all got together was a bit all over the place really so but the songs were good on it and people still like that people still like i don't i can't stand the production on it and so it was great to do what in the world yeah. put that behind us actually and do another well-produced album with a with a group of good songs on and i feel like we're progressing as a band as well it's like i say it's a yeah. it's a changing lineup all the time people say well where's steve it's not it's a few people well jonesy's not involved i said listen We've got a great singer, guitarist now. We've got a new band, new lineup, good album. You know, we move on. We move on, you know. And the same again. Hopefully we've moved on a little bit with a new album. I do like playing the newer material more than the old stuff, really. But um, we're in a good position now. We've got so much stuff to choose from. So it's good. It's still got the professional sound anyway, so. Yeah, well, that's great. That's what, yeah, that's, that's us. That's the way I play and that's the way you... That's how sound really. The guys who have played stepped in with us, Billy Duffy and yeah. Phil Collins, they're, they're rock guitarists and we're a rock band with a good pop sensibility, good songs and lyrics, hopefully. And that's us. We like a nice chorus, sing-along chorus, but not too oi-oi, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs>
You mentioned, you know, one of the favourites that people like to hear live is, is Silly Thing, but yeah, I mean, for me, that really should have been a professional's single rather than coming up under the Pistols banner. And do you think it was things like that that meant that um, the professional didn't get the launch that they really should have done with with a great track like that? Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, that was in a kind of transitional period towards the end of the Pistols and Steve and myself were writing songs for the Rock and Roll Swindle, which is not a highlight of our career, I must admit, but mm. we got some good songs out of it. It would have been great if we could have just written those songs for the professionals at the time. I mean, I kind of think people kind of look at that as a, a professional song now. We played it so much. We used to do Lonely Boy sometimes, but that's kind of the only one we do, really. We, we don't do any um, Pistol songs. We, do, we tried it a couple of times for encores just for the fun of it, but I, I'd rather not rather not do that. And, yeah. You know, we could do, but um, no, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't, go, wouldn't go back there, really. It's not a tribute show, really. It's a professional show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, like I say, we keep moving forward. Hopefully, I know people would like to hear. Uh, now maybe they wouldn't when they come and see us. Who knows? Who, they, who wants to see us play a pistol song? It's like you know, it's like you're turn. You're getting into tribute, tribute band uh, territory there, aren't you?
the bond that you've had with Steve, you actually knew each other as children. You're still in touch now. That must be such a strong relationship in your life with Steve. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we knew we knew each other as kids and went to the same school and all that. And he was a he was a bit of a loose cannon around the area, you know, and uh, come from we were from different backgrounds. Really, came from a real broken home, a lot of trouble, and we took him under our wing, the family sometimes. And we're like brothers, I guess. It's a bit of a cliche, but we really are. And we cannot mm. talk to each other or play with each other for years sometimes, but moment we get back together we just got we slipping together like personality and playing wise you know we done this little thing recently a couple of years ago with a uh, billy idol we done a couple of shows with called we called it gen set generation sex where we played a lot of gen x stuff and a few pistols half and half pistol stuff and there was billy and tony james from the gen x and me and steve and it was great we just locked straight back in there me and steve like we'd never been away it's just a it's just a subconscious thing where we're, we're there, we're straight in there with each other, you know. And when you look at Nevermind the Bollocks, you were basically the music with, with Steve doing bass as well as guitar in the recording. Yeah. That it's no surprise that that pistol sound went into the professionals, really, given you were the heart of the music. Yeah, we just clicked. I mean, our sound, I don't know, it was just one of those magical moments where yeah, we just clicked because we were so like each other personality wise and you know we hung out together all the time and we just clicked musically as well and he had that great sound like you say on bollocks and that we um progressed on to the professionals from there and he had his own guitar sound steve you know and i think i had my own drum sound and we had that that um bond where we created a style i guess which was that which was our own our own sound and uh, yeah, we still got that. Unfortunately, he didn't play on a new album, but you know, we're, we're, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll link up in the future at some stage. Pistols and the professional sometimes gets its knockers in terms of not being able to play instruments or anything like that. But that's just not the case. <laughs> the power on all, all the body of work and and the playing is, is absolutely there. Yeah, well, it was always that originally when all the punk scene broke, all the old musos, if you like, all oh, those punks can't play, they're rubbish, and then look. You look back now and see what music came out of that era and there's some brilliant stuff, you know what I mean? Everyone wasn't technically gifted, but what we done, and I think it goes for me and Steve especially, what we done, we done very well. We stuck to what we were strong at. We didn't, like you say, try to go off at a tangent and be clever and be uh, instrumentalist and with drum, tricky drum bits or tricky guitar bits. We we really stuck to what we knew and we done it very well, I must say. And that was, our, like I say, that was our sound, really. And you were involved in shaping Pistols tracks like like Liar as well? You... Yeah, I was. Yeah, I, I was involved in that. I didn't, I mean, I know I was credited for a lot of the writing, which um, I was the least involved in the writing of them, but I, I did have a big, uh, I did have an equal say in the actual overall sound, I think, and the arrangements of the songs. And hopefully my input was very valid, which I don't get credit for sometimes, but that's fine. You know, everyone thinks, I don't know what everyone thinks really. I mean, it worked as a unit, as a band. It just was all the, all the stars were aligned with the pistols. Everything fell into place. And John was fantastic lead singer as well. Brilliant iconic figure sid joined later on another iconic figure and and then it imploded we were just 
I guess we just burnt, you know, we burnt out quickly. We we shone very brightly, as cliche, and then burnt out very quickly as really. I don't think we could have held that together much longer, really. No, it, yeah. At, at that stage, I know we got back together later on, and, and that was still good as well. We still clicked, and it was great when we got done the world tour in 96. We, everything just clicked again. And it was like we'd never been away, really. I assume that was a chance to, a little bit like with the professionals now, a, a chance to kind of put a few of those demons to bed or the way that it ended and, and celebrate the music when the fans are there. Yeah, the same same again, really, yeah. And it was great going back in that 96 tour and doing it properly with great sound systems, a professional setup, and sounding how we should sound on a big stage. Because some of those early gigs were, really chaotic to say yeah. to say the least you know very chaotic and really um crazy but we done it you know we was playing i know we were playing big stages but we could fill them out with all the egos on stage no problem <laughs> <laughs> and uh we, we sounded how, how we should sound you know and steve was great again john was great and glenn was back in the fold it was it was a really good uh, i'm glad we done that yeah like to to just underline it and finish off the business as you say
another artist that you're associated with is Edwin Collins. Um, that must have been quite different for you as a, a drummer in terms of the style and, and getting a chance to play different types of music. Yeah, true. Very true, actually. And I really, really enjoyed it, my time with Edwin on and off for many years, actually. I got involved with Edwin when I was playing with Vic Goddard, who used to be in Subway Sec. Vic, I was playing with Vic and Edwin was producing an album for Vic. And then obviously we got to know each other and he said, oh, I'm doing a tour in Japan. Would you like to come? Yes, please. <laughs> you know, and um, and then I ended up playing yeah. with him on quite a few of his albums over the years. And it was a great experience for me because I was a bit, I was a bit worried about it, to tell the truth, after listening to some of his stuff, saying, oh, is this me? You know, what my different style here and there and different flavours and that. But really enjoyed it. It improved me as a drummer, actually, playing with Edwin. And, I, and he's a great guy as well, great songwriter, you know, and he deserves all that success he got. I was with him, I saw him from the Orange Juice Centre, I Never Met a Girl Like You Before, Gorgeous George, the massive album which we toured off the back of for a couple of years around the world. And that was a good time, actually. Really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, when you even listen to A Girl Like You and some of that gorgeous George material, there's a bit of sometimes 50s, 60s soul elements in there that, that's quite interesting. Yeah, he's got a lot, Edwin, going on. He's he's very open to music. He's got a bit of bit of soul in there, northern soul, bit of, you know, a bit of funky, maybe rock and roll, obviously. Great songwriting 50s stuff as well yeah all that's going on so yeah i really really enjoyed it i'm still still good friends with him
to close, it's it's definitely worth mentioning the tour that you're doing to support Snafu as well, going back to the professionals. And what tracks in particular are you looking forward to playing live? I assume it's, uh, you know, from the new album. Yeah, like I said earlier, we're going to mix and we've got um, a lot of material. So we're obviously going to do stuff from each album. Yeah. We're not sure what they are yet because we haven't played them <laughs> live off Snafu. Well, I think we'll find out when we go into the rehearsal room. I think there are the stick-out tracks, obviously, like Spike Me Baby, uh, Easily Led, Golden Truth, or maybe Elegant Art. There's, there's a lot on there, which is great. I'm naming them now the ones I like, which is great, you know. So I'm finding myself liking half the album there, just naming it. So um, we'll have to see which ones work out, because sometimes you love them, you, and then you start playing them sometimes in a live situation, and it doesn't work. So you, you have to, like... See what see what works live, yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to playing the new stuff for sure, definitely. Special mention for Easily Led. That's a really good highlight of the album in particular. Is it? Yeah, great. It's good to get feedback off people because we haven't had any yet. We're still unsure about where we went with the album because, like I touched on earlier, the way it was made and for the lockdown and stop start and guest on there, no guitarist. So it's been it's been quite positive so far the feedback which is great because we're musicians we're, we're we're always unsure of ourselves you know <laughs> I guess therefore the reception to the new album the reception to the recent professionals albums and uh, the tour I, just, I assume that just gives you impetus to you know to keep on recording and, and keep the band evolving yeah yeah as long as we keep progressing I think is a good thing yeah moving forward slightly not totally radically you know but <laughs> and. Uh, I've got nothing else to do, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were discussing the impact of COVID, but hopefully we can get back to normal life and we can get back to a bit more of a no- normal rhythm in terms of, um, you know, getting out to gigs and, and a yeah. bit of more of a routine recording gigs and, and all that kind of thing. And we can just all push forward. really hope so, because I don't think people realise what effects it's had on them until you come out the other side of how it's really affected a lot of people in different ways, what's happened in the last couple of years. We're living in strange times. I don't think we'll realise until a few years down the line and go, fucking hell, what happened there? What was going on there, you know? (laughs) I guess that's the benefit of music and and also the communal nature of playing live is that it's a a celebration and and getting people together. So it it should be, you know, including these these gigs that you're about to do, those shows should be extra special. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah, like you say, getting people together and having a good time we need at the moment, I think, yeah. Thank you again, Paul. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you and uh, wishing you all the best with the the new album, Snafu, and the the, the shows and and obviously onwards. Yeah, thanks a lot. See you, Jason. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to the Strange Brew Podcast. If you do like the show, please consider a small donation to help keep the show archive online. It's 10 years since I started the podcast and hosting fees are increasing over time. All your support keeps the show running and helps me get amazing guests. To support me, just go to thestrangebrew.co.uk where you'll see a donate button on the homepage. Thank you very much. Plus, any reviews on your podcast services help to spread the word too. Thank you.